The convoy entered a thickly wooded area, trees coming right up to the ditch. The deer was the most lethal animal in North America. It caused 235 fatalities a year. It leaped in front of traffic in every state, but particularly in Wisconsin. Pratt nervously eyed the tree line. Any deer stupid enough to ignore their rolling thunder deserved to die. Pratt did not want to join them. They were clustered so tightly together that if one went down, they all would. Pratt laid off the throttle. Taco pulled up alongside and shouted, Twist it, Holmes! We ain't fallen behind! Taco opened his throttle and shot forward, his bare-bones 102-inch chopper exploding with torque and sound, 130 decibel Bronx cheer. Pratt struggled to keep up, but at least he was now the tail and didn't have to worry about being back-ended by some cokehead. They roared through a tunnel of trees, leaves and twigs jumping in their wake. They entered a timeless space where nothing existed but the infinite road and the sensation of speed. No thought, no self, only the droning groove of the engine through seat and handlebars into the bones and the wind whipping past. It brought back memories of countless nights running with the Bedouins. My pappy said, Son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Pratt couldn't get it out of his head. The night smelled rich with loam and pine. Moonlight dappled the road. The forest dropped away and they were once again in farmland, clusters of lights like tiny freighters on the rolling prairie. Somewhere south of Janesville, the smooth blacktop changed abruptly to tattered asphalt as they crossed into Illinois. The convoy turned off onto winding gravel. Pratt caught a glimpse of the street sign, Jorgensen Road. A farm up ahead. Robles slowed down. The bikes clustered at the gate. There was a dude with a sawed-off. He was Mexican, had a shaved skull the shape of a howitzer shell, and wore a ground-length duster. Robles hung inside the gate while the others roared into the farmyard. Pratt pulled up. The dude with the shotgun eyeballed him with thinly veiled disgust. Who's this? he grunted. Ease with me, Robles said. Howitzer waved them through. There were a dozen-plus bikes parked on the hard-packed earth outside the barn, plus a half-dozen pickups and an old Ford van. Fifty yards away and up three steps was the two-story wood-frame farmhouse, lush planters hanging incongruously from the veranda. The sound of a locomotive emanated from inside the brightly lit barn before breaking down into its components. Men shouted and dogs snarled. It was the opposite of music. The keening yowl of a dog in pain cut like a knife. Pratt pulled in next to Taco, reached in his tank bag, and tossed a coffee can lid on the ground. He kicked the stand out onto the lid. He followed the skulls into the barn where three dozen men, most in leather and colors, surrounded a fighting ring that was a fifteen-foot square enclosed by a four-foot wood fence. The floor of the ring was covered with straw, much of it stained black from blood. Outside the ring, men tended their dogs, thick-shouldered, scarred pit bulls who'd known neither love nor tenderness. A panting, downed dog lay on the straw. Its owner entered through a gate, grabbed the gasping animal by the scruff of its neck, and dragged it out whimpering in terror. He dragged the piteously whimpering animal out of the barn. Seconds later, there was a gunshot.